0: Welcome to our project, Lekotei Sicha, Sicha, I'm Parshas Lech we are in Chelek Tezbov, and this is Sicha Beis, in the original, in the Yiddish. We know Parshas Lech we begin the story of Avram Avinu and how Hashem tells Avram Avinu to leave his birthplace, the home, his home, his land, his land, he has to leave everything behind, the land, his birthplace, the house, the house of his father and go to a place where Hashem will show him. And then we hear, we read in the first number of Sukkim in Pasha Slachha about how Avram Avinu traveled through the land. So what we want to understand in this is a little bit about why we need to know all of the things that our Avos actually did. And, and what is that harav for us today? So let's go straight into the Sikha. So see if Allah. Shangred Filmol, we've spoken many times, Das Vasis Muvorin Chasidis Pakam Bakanas, that which we learn in Chasidis in many places, we learn in many places the difference between the learning taira and the fulfillment of mitzvahs that avraham Avinu do, did. The Rabbi of Khan of like our rabbis tell us, avraham Avinu Zaken beyond Yeshiva. The Gamar tells us Avram Binu he was old and he was sitting in Yeshiva. So that means obviously he was learning something, right? And what was it that he was learning? And we talk about the fact that Adamarisha knew great secrets of knew about a Hu and knew about godliness. And this was passed on, this wisdom was passed on. so we have this concept that Avramabinu was literally sitting and learning in Yeshiva. We also find Avramabinu is Kotar Kulay, Ashloy Nitna that Avram Rabinu actually fulfilled the entire Torah even before it was given. And so too we find in many places, we talk about Yitzchak and Yaakov and the in that, and we have the we talk about different things that they did, that they did it even before the um, the Torah was given. So for example, we know that we're told that when, when the Malachim came to Avram Rabinu, he gave them masses because it was Pesach. We talked about the fact that Yaakov, Um, The whole idea about whether he was allowed to marry Rachel and Leah because they were sisters, the Torah says you are not allowed to marry sisters, and Mepharsh would say he kept the Torah, so we see he kept the Torah, but he didn't do something if it would impact somebody else, so in many places we see they actually kept the mitzvahs, and what do we find, what is the difference from that? So, what's the difference between the way our Avites and the kept the Torah and the way yidin, the Jewish people kept Torah after the giving of the tira? As her as the mitzvahs from the Avais is given The point is that since the um, learning tira and the keeping mitzvah that our forefathers did was before Mat and tira, before Hashem gave us the Torah. And therefore, because it was before Matantara, that means they were learning it before we had the command to learn Torah and before we had the commandments from Hashem to keep the mitzvahs. In other words, it was before the incident of Matantara when Hashem descended on Harsinai. Thus haste, is given. So that means it's telling us that that the learning term, the keeping of mitzvahs that our avos did was in general. On one hand, in general, they were like people who are are doing things that they're not commanded to do. And also in addition to that, the fact that they did it using their own kayach. It was initiated from them, from them in the we in So, another one we find, and we're going to see, is what seems to be a little bit like the learned Torah and were from their own initiative. They were not commanded to learn Torah. They were not commanded to do mitzvahs. But because they were people of such great stature, they knew what Hashem was. And therefore, they kept it, even though they were not commanded to do that. And because they did it that way, they could only reach a certain level of Torah. The way Torah could be connected to creations. Okay, But... They couldn't reach the level of Torah as the Jewish people were able to reach after they got Matan Torah. That level, the level that we can reach after Matan Torah is actually a level that is higher than our own ability. It's a a level of Torah that is above creation. So the Avais, again, they were not commanded. They initiated it themselves. And therefore, they were able to reach a level of Torah learning only as it was connected to them. After the giving of the Torah, we balance the Shaindot, even more alo if the Torah became mitzvahs. Since after we we receive the Torah, now we have a commandment from Hashem to learn Torah and to keep mitzvahs. Hotman tzadam dermiti gemin oich, dem koyach hamatzuba habayre to the greich to atzmosat Torah. This is hechal gamri from Vil. So because now we have a command from Hashem to learn Torah and do mitzvahs. Together with that command, we also get this to be able to reach the essence of Torah itself, as it is actually higher than the world. and that's this is why the Rambam, my says, that all the things that we do today, whether they are Mitzvah's l'isa, say things that we withhold from doing, or whether they are things that we do, we only do them today because Hashem commanded it to us through Mashur Bainim. And not because Hashem told them to prophets before, prophets as in our of us or anyone before. Keep going. And the Rambam gives examples. For example, the fact that we don't eat a limb from a live animal, it's not because Hashem forbade it to Nayach, right? where people often think, a limb from a live animal. Oh, that's what Hashem Mrs. We do it because Hashem commanded that to Nayach. The Ram says, no, that's not the case. We do not refrain from. From eating a limb off a live of animal because Hashem told that to Naya. Ella, Lefisha, Ma'isha, Asar Aleinu, Ever Minachai. Ever Minachai. We do not eat a limb off a live of animal because Ma'isharbeinu forbade it to us. It was one of the things that he commanded us at Har Sinai. This Isur, this prohibition of eating a limb off a live of animal. Another example, like this. We do not have the mitzvah of bris milah for our children because Avraham Avinu circumcised himself and his household. Rather, we do circumcision. We do a brismillah on our sons because Hashem commanded Moshe Rabbeinu to tell us that the Jewish people, we have to be circumcised like Avram Avinu was circumcised. But again, we're not doing it because Avram did it. We're doing it because Moshe Rabbeinu told it to us at Harsinai that this is the mitzvah we need to do. So too that that nerve that some like the sciatica nerve that we don't eat we're not not eating that part that particular gidanasha um, that's in the back part of the animal we don't eat it not because of what it says in the chart because yaka um, had that damage done to him but rather we see that that happened and then Maish came and gave us the command and said "That you are not allowed to eat this the okay. git so all the things that we do even though we might find in Fumish B'raishis many things that we see and we say oh oh here the others did it and, and we think that that's the mitzvah so the Rambam very clearly is telling us no we don't do these things because our others did them we do them because Maish Rabbeinu told us and commanded us to do them. And the reason for all of this is, is specifically, when we keep Tara mitzvahs in the way that they were given at Mat and tarah, then right? those commands then have within them this power of Hashem, the creator, was Nimshach, the Torah. And therefore, through those, the learning of Torah and the mitzvahs that we do through Ma'an Torah, we are then able, we, together with the mitzvah, we have this kayak that allows us to draw down this essence of Torah. So, if that's the case, if everything we do is because of the mitzvah that Maitre Benin told us, so now we have a, a very big question. So, now we have to understand. So, every single thing that's written in the Torah and the word Torah itself is, and that originally is actually, and it's probably here in the footnote, is actually in the Radak. Okay, so the Gorari and Braish is in the name of the Radak. So often people say, you know, the Rebbe said it so many times that people sometimes think that this is a phrase coined by the Rebbe himself. But in fact, the Rebbe often shows us in the footnote: this is in Aradak, in Navi, that everything in Tyra is from the of Harah. It's there to teach us a lesson. In other words, it has to be a lesson in our Avaidah Hashem, even after Matan Tara. So then we have this question. What is the a as super in tar Hava hava. So we can say, if this is the case, if the Torah that we do and the mitzvahs that we do are specifically because Maish Rabbeinu told them to us, then what is the lesson that we're supposed to gain from this elaborate story that we hear throughout brashas and Shemais, beginning with shmaih, up until we get to the first mitzvah of the chajah, the entire length of all the story of our avas that we have in in the written Torah and in the oral Torah and in tremendous elaboration in Hasidahs about our of us and what they did. If that's not the Avayda that we do after Mount and so why do we spend so much time analyzing what our of us did if, if we're not following that route after Mount and We'd say, okay, okay, what happened, happened. Why? What is the lesson for us? as base siv base the Ramban the parsha new is bevar as dazfos titar is marked with siprahamasas the chafir has bairas with sham recar from the others. so in our parsha actually at the very beginning of the parsha in parkid base in vol when we start reading for the first time about avram being traveling through eretz ro so Pasuk Bob says, So we start reading about how Avram Avinu traveled the length of Eretz Yisrael, length and breadth of land. So right there at that beginning, once Avram Avinu is in Eretz Yisrael and starts these travels, the Ramban right there brings us in a sense like an introduction to the rest of Reishas. And the Ramban says, that all, this story of all the travels that Avram Avinu done, not only Avram, but we're going to see, our other avais as well. And the digging of the wells and all the events that occur to our avais, Avram Yitzvah and Yakai, al-Ha'asi, they're all, or Lilmaid al-Ha'asi, they're all coming to teach us something about our future. Madrash, like the Medrash tells us, Kol Mashi'ir al similar that everything that happens to our Abba, to our forefathers, that's Abraham, Isaac, and Yaakov, is a sign for the children. And what does that mean? And then the Ramban goes on and explains that everything that happens, it, it's a sign, in other words, it's a symbolic act in a sense of what is going to happen to us. And he explains, now, when some event happens to these prophets of our three of us, who were had prophecy they were prophets so any event that happened to them mm-hmm. so then we have to contemplate from the event from what happened to our others and recognize something that is decreed that was going to happen to their children that's an expression any decree in heaven and it's expression um, borrowed from Daniel, but any decree, heavenly decree, when it goes from a potential decree, the decree, to an even a symbolic act, then that will be fulfilled, and then be a brain. And then the Ramban goes and brings us a number of examples of how we see this kind of idea with other prophets. I'll just give you one example of it. We find that Yerm mm-hmm. Yahu commanded his Talmud, and this is something that the Ramban brings in this Ramban on the plus above, that he commanded Baruch, um, his Talmud, Baruch, to do what? That when he um, when he finished reading a particular safer, that he was supposed to bind a stone to it and then throw it into the Euphrates. And say, as he reads this particular uh, st- uh, um, reading of the book that Yerim was telling him to take, he should throw it in on, on, on with a rock so that it sinks. And, and say, as, it, as he throws it into the Euphrates, he should say, this is how Babel should sink. So in other words, by saying there is this gezerah that bubble will eventually fall. And so he says, how are you going to do this? You're going to take this safer that I'm giving you and you're going to the book of Yermio and everything that he said and what's going to happen. You're going to throw it into the, to you, to the Euphrates, into the river and saying, so shall bubble sink. This is like a symbolic act of sinking and so too, that's there. That's going to happen. So, in this manner, the Ramban says everything that we see that happened with the Avois is symbolic in a way of something that's going to happen to us. And of course, Chassidus also takes this further and says it gives us also the Kaya, the power to be able to withstand those sort of events in our own lives. Okay. So, Aldekhzev Mizu. So, in this way, and even more than this we could say so we can say okay, if there is a if symbolically, or not beam, do things symbolically that then indicate something that will happen in the future. So we can say maybe that's the same thing that the Torah mitzvahs that Abraham Mitzvah, and Yaakov fulfilled are amos. in the way chasidus also elaborates on all of the mitzvahs that they did. You might say, so You could say, okay. So, if that's the case, if the symbolic acts of a Navi give us the kayak for the future, so we could say then that all the Torah that our others learned and the mitzvahs that they kept was simply a preparation and giving us the kayak so that we should be able to receive the Torah. And then all the mitzvahs that we do today, with physical things after Ma'an so that it can actually draw down the kayak to do that came for the fact that our others did misses before. Okay? So then it's like saying they're doing this symbolic act, and in some way doing that gives us the kayak to do what we do today. However, the Rebbe says that sort of an answer is not enough. That seemingly is not a good enough answer. Because the Rebbe says, since this whole story and most of branches from now right till the end of Chumash branches, we have all of the story of our Avas in the Shlotim. And there we see it's a part of Torah. And Torah, we say, is eternal as is So because these all of these events are actually written in the Torah, we can say that it's just there to let us know about something or to prepare us for what's going to happen later rather what they what happened to them itself it's in the Torah and Torah is eternal so in what they did there must be a lesson for us in our avodah after aftermath and Torah and it can't be that this is just a preparation it's got to be telling us something about what we need to do so so based on this what we're saying in relation to all of the service, all the avayda that are avestin, is So we can ask the same question about Sefer Shemais, the beginning of Sefer Shemais, where we talk about the exile in Mitzrayim. What, again, what is the hayra'o? What is the lesson in our avayda's Hashem in the story in the Torah about Golus Mitzrayim, what is the enduring lessons for Jews in all times and all places? as can many especially as we know, and we're told again if we look down here in the footnote in the G'ruv Hashem from the and Zahar, that we can never have a Golus like Golus Mitzrayim again. So, what is the lesson in Aravada Hashem from reading about? The entire story of Galus of Golos Mitzrayim. And so basically, based on what we just said, sweet, is by are and be meet their beer hayudua. And again, here it's also not good enough to answer with the well-known response of why do, does the Torah tell us all about Galus Mitzrayim? That Galus Mitzrayim is given a hakdama to matentayra. When the well-known answer is that Gallsmith's Rheim was a preparation for Matantara, the Haini. As Gallsmith's Rime is given a Kora Barzo. Goldsmith's rhyme was like this, this pot that, that was going to purify us. That's what mitrain was. It was like this smelting pot, like we, where we purify metals in the same way. It was a smelting pot that literally refine the world so that it could be ready to receive the Torah. So the Rabbi says, that's not good enough. But once again, since the whole story of Mitzrayim, Gal's Mitzrayim starting, of course, when Yaisi went down, the brothers went down to Mitzrayim, and the beginning of Chumash Shmais, So it's a part of Torah. So that means it's got to have some sort of eternal lesson for us. It cannot just be there to tell us about some sort of preparation for Maantara at that time. It's got to have a lesson for all Jews for all times. was of in Al Shira La Acha Ma'antara. It just happens to be that the whole idea of the work of our Avas and the exile of the shrine, as they were in the stories of the Tara, we see the way they're written in Tara, they're there al Tara for after Ma'antara. Zin Zay in an ifum for na khanatilkam. The rebush stains the entire Al Takama Baqana, the Ma'antara. It's just what that this available of the Avas and Gulfsmith shrine is in. It's going to teach us a lesson, but the lesson that it's going to teach us is going to be some sort of a preparatory lesson. It's going to be something that we have to learn in terms of some sort of preparation in our Bible session. And therefore, it's also written in the Torah in this guise of being a, a preparation for modern Torah. So just as everything our others did, with shrine, in the chronology of the narratives of Torah is a preparation for Mount Tzara. So too, the lessons that we have to take to our lives is also something to do with the preparation for what we do after Mount Tzara. What does that all mean? Let's continue. See, Dalit, their beer What is the explanation of this? How does this play itself out? So if we want to really understand the difference between the way Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov kept Torah and Mitzvahs before Ma'an Torah, the way that we do it after Ma'an Torah, the difference is in two ways, in two things. mitzadam adam mitzadam So there's two differences. One difference is from the point of view of the person who is doing the the service, and the other is from the point of view of the revelation that comes as a result of that service. By the others, Thus So here we're going to see a bit of a paradox. So on one hand, we say, the others, the what they did, the revelation they got came about through the avodah that they did, and what they did was milmat right? They initiated that avodah; they weren't commanded to do the mitzvahs. It came from them. So, in other words, they elevated themselves. They were very refined. You know, the others we we'll called as We're going to see later. The ever said, "Amarkava." Markava is a chariot. A chariot does only what the rider. Um, makes only goes wherever the rider takes it, right? That's a markava, it's a chariot. It can't go anywhere on its own, but you have a chariot attached to horses or an engine or some sort of motor, and then it goes wherever the one who's directing it to go takes it. So to our avas, they were on a very high level, they refined themselves to such an extent that they were the true vessels to actually be able to receive a revelation of godness. Through their avoda, okay. So it came from them. They worked very hard, and therefore they saw a clear revelation of Godliness in what they did. However, Azai is Tatam ar. What type of light were they able to see? So this was the same from the point of view of the light that was revealed. Since the light that they were able to achieve was what a light that was relative to their avayda, right? Because it came from them. They initiated it. They worked very hard. So they were able to see revelation of light, but it was only in um, relative to the avayda that they did may in an but because it was relative to their work, they saw it in a very revealed way. in their When we talk about the available that we do after Matantara, is Nikpa called by the others. Say, you know, Hashem revealed the Torah to us. Not every Jew, you could say, is at the level of our office. That we're so refined that we're completely yes, they are of us. We're just chariots for godliness. They only did what Hashem wanted. So, we on one hand, they were very elevated. On the other hand, B'nai's we were not at Matin Tara. We were not at such a great level as the of us, we're on a much lower level. Yeah, on the other hand, that of Ze'er Tara mitzvahs, nimsha or, ar, was his hecha from and not begal. So we, who are on a much lower level, but it's after and terra. so we draw down a level, on one hand, a level that's higher than the world. So we can draw down a level of godliness, a level of light that's much greater than what our us could. But at the same time, it's not revealed. So again, the others who are much more refined people, they work they initiated that Vaida, they were able to draw down a level of godliness, but it was commensurate with the world, and therefore it, they could actually see that our We are on a much lower level, but it's after Matantara. We can draw down a much higher level of godliness, but it's so high, and we're not worthy, so we cannot see it. The Tamandava, what's the reason for this? It's because there was a gzera there was this element that spirituality could not come down and be drawn with into physicality and the physical could not be elevated so while we talk about the others doing mitzvahs so we could say you know the Avra Bino and would say that they kept whatever mitzvahs that they kept but the world itself could not be elevated so, as an example, if we would say that our of us put on tefillin, the tefillin themselves would not be holy. Today, we know that any article of Kedusha, if when we finish using it, we have to put it into shamus because it's holy. You, if a cinder is torn, you can't just throw it out. It has to be buried. So physical things can be elevated. It wasn't like that before Ma'an and Tara. There was this decree. Shamaim, La Hashem as we say in Halal. The heaven, spirituality was spirituality, the physical world was the physical world, and they were two separate entities. This was a decree before Tara. The levels of godliness that it was completely higher than this world, it would not be able to be drawn down into the world. But what happened after Tara? <laughs> Hashem nullified, cancelled out this first decree. and said, <laughs> Hashem made a new decree that the physical world could be elevated to spirituality, and very high levels of godliness could be drawn down into this physical world. These, as the from So now what then for Happen, that means that creation, after Mantara, we have the ability to unite with a level of godliness that is much higher than this world. A level of godliness that comes from a place that cannot be, that's not necessarily relative to the world itself. But what happens? The Ma'antara gufais giloi in an So we know that Mantara, this tremendous light that is now permitted to come down to this world, it was initiated by Hashem. It was a revelation that Hashem started from the top down. Thus, In contrast to the others, who refined themselves so that they were vessels to be able to receive whatever light they were drawing down, and the light that they were, were able to see was relative to their Abbaidah and to what could be in the world. Now, there's a much higher light that we can bring down, but because Hashem initiated it, we down here, this physical world, is not a vessel as as it is without any other work on our part to be able to receive this tremendous revelation. And that's why we don't see this light. So on one hand, the other is draw down a much lower level of light. And this lower level of light is completely revealed to them. We, on the other hand, who are much lower, on a much lower level than our others, but we have the ability to draw down a much higher level of godliness. But because it's such a high level of godliness, we do not see it in a revealed way. And we know that this revelation of Hashem's... Light that was at Mantar was only temporary, and then it stopped, like it says. So, Mitrobin was told to warn the Kohanim and um, the Jewish people that they were not to touch or go up on Harsinia at all. And it says, when there will be a long drawn out blow, blowing of the shifer, the sound of the shofar, that would be the signal that the shchina was departing. And once that happened, once they, after they heard this long drawn out blow of the shofar, then Yalu Bahar, then they would, be, they would be allowed to go up on the mountain. So Har Sinai was, in a sense, off limits only for the period of time of Mount Tahrir itself. So that shows us that this tremendous revelation was a temporary one. Now in order for us to become the proper vessel for this revelation of my, that, of light that came in potential from the time of montaara onwards but which is higher than the world really He says We can only actually reach that so in potential is we can draw it down. But the only way that we could actually have a revelation of this light, where we can feel it and notice it, it's going to be through our avayda, through our hard work. Then we will have a revelation and this eternal unity with this tremendous light, with this essence of Hashem. So zideh. dem is move on. Via Avram in Kima is a So, with this understanding, we can now understand how the Avayu the service of Avram Avinu and all of our Avayus, so Avram Nitzchik and Yakai, and all the, in a sense the narratives that we read in Brachus and Shmuelis, particularly Brachus, in fulfilling Torah Mitzvahs. Why this is a part of Torah? In other words, Ahara Nitzchisu Yeti in mind. We say part of Torah, we mean an enduring lesson to all Jews at all times. Because even after we, in order for this tremendous revelation of godliness to really be revealed to us and for us to be united with this, then. And to be, uh, then, so we can learn, but in order to have this revelation, to feel this unity with Hashem, we need to actually work. We have to do something, initiate something on our part, like our Avais did. In other words, what does this mean? Just like a general, as a preparation to receive the Torah is dictated as on demschweben in the bria the beginn of all cause and terror was it herge von so in order for this light to be drawn down um, into the world a light that is higher than the world to be drawn down into this world as fig da warsein die schlemus in der weiter und bitter von evrämtsal atson so what was the preparation? How did the others prepare the world for Mashiach? Because I mean, for Ma'at and Tara. Sorry, slip of a tongue, but the same thing is pertaining to Mashiach, as we'll get to at the end. The point is, in order to prepare for Ma'at and Tara, in, we had to have this complete fittle of creations. So the creations had to feel bottle. so in order to be able to get this tremendous light that's higher than the world, we had to have this avayda from creations to draw down this light that is fitting with the world, that could be within the world, to reveal that light that was in the world. And that was accomplished through all the avayda that our forefathers did. And only then were we then at Mantara able to then draw down a level of art that's higher than the world. So the Avas prepared the world by revealing this light that was within the world that would then allow this higher light to come down at Mantara. So too within every per, in our personal Avaidah. So, in order for this tremendous light that's actually higher than creation to be revealed and united with the Jew who's sitting and learning Torah and doing mitzvahs, so he first, in order to get this greater light, the Jew has to be prepared. He has to be a vessel, how does he become this cleave this vessel? He has to do his complete avaita and his negating his own self and the um refining of his essence. So, by working on ourselves and working on our egos and refining ourselves, we can then unite ourselves with the first level that level of godliness that is relative to creation that's within this world and when we have that complete where we work on ourselves and we can feel this connect to this that is connected to this world then we can become a fitting vessel to have this revelation of Torah and the revelation of godliness that's was given at this is the Terah. And that godliness is much higher than the level of the world altogether. And thus is and this is, is an example of this, is what our sages tell us. say, a person should always try to sit and be busy with Torah and mitzvahs, and even though he does it for the not for tar- for its own sake. So he doesn't do Torah mitzvahs for the sake of learning Torah mitzvahs, but he does it for whatever other reasons. Whether it's for his own selfish reasons because he wants to uh, be smart or get honor, or whether it's for more even more altruistic reasons that he wants to connect with Hashem. But still, he's doing it for ulterior motives, not simply just to learn. But Chazal say, nevertheless, even if someone learns not just for the sake of learning, you should still sit and learn. Why? because even if you're learning Torah or doing mitzvahs, you're not doing it just for the sake of Torah mitzvahs but you're doing it for some sort of other reason but by doing it not for its own sake you will come to do it for its own sake now that order the Chazal is telling us you should do Torah mitzvah not for its own sake and then you'll come to do it for its own sake as we can hear from the word where it says like forever this is not just saying that this applies to a person who for some reason he's on the level of being able to learn Torah for its own sake so it doesn't say this is only for certain people if you can't learn Torah for its own sake so learn it not for the right reasons and then you'll come to learn it does not say that it says forever that means all people now, does is there? Say Rather, this is telling us this is the correct order to learn Torah. This is for everyone. In other words, we first we start learning Torah not for its own sake. I feel in the heft of my right, even if it's from the very the highest levels of not for its own sake. Like we say even if you're saying you're learning tart to connect to Hashem, or We're doing mitzvahs to connect carkar sparkle. very high lofty reasons. That's still not learning it for its own sake. But that is the correct way to start learning Tyra. to eat for any That's the way we start. We start learning. And we're doing this, in other words, in a way we, that we become one with this aspect of Torah, not for its own sake, as it is higher than the world. But we learn Torah in that way that it's connected to this world. And in in that, we mean whatever reason, for whatever purpose he's sitting and learning. In other words, we're in a world and we sit and we learn for whatever physical or uh, materialistic or this worldly type of reason we do it. But that is the way to start because when we learn it in that way, and that allows us then to then come to that level of being able to learn Torah for its own sake. and to learn Torah for its own sake means to learn Torah because it's the Torah of Hashem. And therefore, durk is the gamma from the In other words, that we learn Torah just for the sake of uniting with Hakadosh Baruch That learning Torah is the way we connect to Hashem. That's it, and it's a level that's actually higher than this world. So they can have no reason, no worldly reason for learning other than this. Altruistic idea of it's Hashem's essence, and I'm connecting to Hashem's essence. That's it. But we have to start just by learning. Even though we say it did affect this whole world and it brought about a newness in how we learn in every aspect of learning. As like we said before. Through Matan Torah, we now can draw down a level of Torah that's higher than this world. K'maim Marazal, as Chazal tell us, "Call Talmud Chacham Shiyashiv Ekarav Eshayne Ve'aytik Vitayra, Hakadosh Baruch Hu Shiyashiv Connective Ekarav Eshayne Imay." So, our Chazal tell us that every scholar who sits and learns and, re- and um, who reads and learns and is busy with Torah, Hashem sits opposite him is also reading and learning with him. Now, there are seven mitzvahs, and so too with mitzvahs, like the bar mitzvah maimer, right? That every mitzvah, Hashem tells us to do, Hashem himself is doing it with us. But for Ma'at and just it's That was not the case before Martin It's not that when Avram and Yitzhak and Yaakov were doing mitzvahs that we say that Hashem was right there with them. No, he wasn't. But now, after Martin when we sit on there and we do mitzvahs, Hashem is with us as we do that. It's just that. This godliness, the fact that the shen is right here with us when we're learning and right with us when we're doing mitzvahs, we don't see it. Okay, That is the power after Mount but it's hidden. Today, as in order for it to be revealed to us, for us really to see it in a very revealed way and to be reunited with this that this the Sheena Hashem's essence should be united with the person who's learning. For that, the person has to really reach a high level, has to really refine who he is. And he has to really um, have this 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 level of uniting himself with the Torah as it's related to the world, and then elevate himself from there, as we've mentioned before so this is the proper way to learn we start learning in whatever way we learn in this world and by doing that we are refined and we work on ourselves until we can get this much higher level of aftermaantara. and again this is then what we're learning from the others this is the ahara that we have to have that avida. so just like the avas Initiated the learning from themselves, and therefore they were able to unite with the Srina and see a revealed form of Shrina as it related to the world. So too, that's how we have to start. And by doing that, though, we can reach a level that our of us could not reach because we are now after Matantara. So by doing that we can then reach that level where we can draw down this much higher level of godliness into the world and actually see it in a revealed way. So, see, like this, we also see this is the order of how we learn and how we understand Torah. We think about when a five year old begins to learn Torah. So, a five year old, and of course, a five year old, we say in the Mishnah, at five, that's when you start learning Chomish. And so, we know that the Torah speaks anthropomorphically. In other words, the Torah talked in human language. So we have words like yahag It talks about Hashem and says Hashem has a, a, a big hand, like right? A, 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 a very big hand, a strong hand. So, types of the So, uh, the teacher of a five-year-old will translate these words literally right the greise hand the big hand a starke hand from overstund the strong hand of Hashem. Um, and who formed also the by them kneet maspresen the first time was it made by the albesten jara and jara pasaka started to far as is a greise und starker gashmis sekhand so no matter what you're going to tell a five year old you can't when you say a large hand a strong hand the five year old because he's young he's going to imagine in his head no matter what you're going to say he's going to imagine a very physical hand the hand is by what will the five year old you say Hashem has a strong hand or a great hand so the five-year-old, well, he knows a hand. He looks at his teacher, has a hand. So for him, okay, when you say, Hashem has a strong hand, he imagines a strong hand, something much stronger than his teacher. And whatever that is, that's that much greater. That's Hashem's hand. So, look, we know that according to the Rambam, one of the key 13 principles of faith is the fact that Hashem, does not have a goof. Hashem does not have a body. does not have any right. It's, it, it, there's no body for Hashem. So Hashem is not a goof, and therefore, the, all the words in the Torah, like we said, they're anthropomorphic. They don't literally mean a hand or an eye or anything like that. So you say, how is it that we can teach a child "yach hazaka"? When we say a strong hand, a great hand, isn't that doesn't that go against the basic principles of our faith? Is for tars emes mezolena so if it goes against the principles of faith, how does the Torah allow us to teach these to a child or someone who is small in knowledge? So a child doesn't, sometimes someone who's 20 or 30 is also small in idea, in knowledge. So how are we allowed to teach these to them if they're going to take it literally? As their say halim is their say, and especially we say this is, I'm sorry, uh yeah, okay. And especially since this is the order of learning, fear right? This is how you're supposed to learn. You first start learning the literal meaning, that's a pshat, the pshatara, the straightforward meaning of the words, then you learn how what's hinted to it, and the drush, you do an exegesis, you compare one thing to another and then afterwards you know the secrets of the Torah. so how is it possible that you can learn the shot first when it would go against what you would think are the basic principles of faith so see sign is the beer and then for well, the answer the explanation is whoever says at least we'll, in short we'll answer it because whoever says We've spoken about this many times before so here, we're just going to mention the point of the answer. And thus, The fact that we learn with, a, with the child, we learn the pshat, the literal meaning of the words. And the child is therefore going, when we translate a, a big hand, a strong hand, the child is going to imagine a, ver, a very physical hand just that he'll imagine a much stronger, much bigger, much stronger hand than what he sees in his teacher. That is not the opposite of the truth. Because even that five-year-old who is imagining a very physical hand in his head, he still understands because this five-year-old understands that the physical hand of his teacher has, has ability, has a kayak and ability that hand does, but he understands that the energy and the power that the hand has doesn't come from the flesh, doesn't come from the bones. That's not why the person has strength. He recognizes that there is some sort of energy that's within the hand that's allowing it to do what it does. And that energy, of course, is their neshama. And even though the child might not really understand what a neshama is, then it could very well be that his teacher also doesn't understand completely what a neshama is. And as does is a kayak a from um, He just is able to tell him, this is a kayak, this is an energy in a highest that comes from Hashem. That's what's making us live. And a child knows that we know from very young children learned by the Ani, the fact that our neshama comes back to us. Whether or not they understand completely what the neshama is or does, doesn't really matter. They understand that there is something, there's a highest that comes from Hashem. So, so to so he might not understand the soul, but he recognizes that when we say a big hand, a strong hand, even if we imagine something physical, he recognizes that this really we're talking about an energy of a Baruch Hu that's much greater. So the child understands. Now whenever we say a big hand or a great hand or any other physical descriptive terms for Hashem, is we're not really talking about a physical something that's physically bigger or greater in quantity we're talking about a spiritual power that is in that thing that makes it greater okay so what are we saying as the other indian means that every concept in Torah, that someone who's young in his knowledge, so any part that we learn, we understand literally, is it's still learning the true Torah. This is the Torah of Hashem. It's just that the person, if you have limited knowledge, that your understanding of concepts will be also very limited. So it's a very limited knowledge that gets enclosed in the literal psha, the straightforward, simple meaning of the words. And that's what comes down into the mind, into the intellect of a five year old. And a five year old, literally or conceptually. It's only after that. As he grows older, enlightened Seder, based on again the order of Torah. So there Havana, Fun Esher, Then we see you start as a five year old, you learn Torah, but then as you get older, you come to an understanding, like the Mishnah says, at 10, you're now ready to learn Mishnah. Then afterwards, at 15, you can start learning the Gemara, the Talmud. Right? So you have Mishnah, and then you can start learning Gemara etc as so in other words as you grow and you learn and you get older and older and your mind expands from your learning then you recognize that in truth hashem is really completely separate from this world until he comes to that point where he can learn the secrets of the Torah, the inner meaning of the Torah, and he then comes to a better understanding about what we mean when we say but it comes in an order, right? Because our, there's a, an order to that. At five year old, you have a simple understanding, and then as you get older, your conceptually, the, your cognitive abilities mature, and then you are able to understand things more conceptually. Now, therefore, X in the fun by It's the same manner we think about how any one of us learns Torah. the First, every single person starts learning Torah based on the source of his soul. And what do we mean by the source of his soul? So again, we know there's explained in Kassidus, number of places that every single nishama has certain abilities that it has. So that ability to learn, people have different classifies different abilities that comes from from their neshama. And not only that, but we're also taught that every neshama, because of, it, of the source of our neshama, is different that every Jew, every person is then drawn to different aspects of Torah based on their neshama. So some people are drawn more to the pshat, some people are drawn more to the side, to the secret, some to the drush, some to the remez, and that's because of their neshama. So at the beginning, the first thing that a person, when a person learns, and the Rebbe often in letters, the Rebbe answers to people, talks about learning, and the Rebbe says, you should learn you should learn wherever you desire to learn start learning if you want to start learning start learning something that you feel a connection to right that's your neshama calling out you every person has a connection to a different aspect of Torah so that's where you start you start based on the charge of your neshama so when we learn Torah based on our neshama and what talks to us what we're drawn to that's like learning Torah, like what our others did because that's Torah relative to the creation you feel a certain desire and a certain drawing to a certain aspect of Torah, so that's what you learn so then you can reach that completion that revelation as it is within that particular creation within that aspect of Torah and after you do that when you start there you can then come later to a a manner of learning Torah in a much higher way in a way that's higher than creation higher than the source of your soul Torah for the sake of Torah Torah the way it was given to us at The time for us is so. This is how it is. Then we start off with something that's connected to the world, now then we can read something above it. And this is the reason why we needed this preface. We need to understand the hara for us when we read in the tarah about the, the avaida of our forefathers. In other words, in order to come to this avida of a person to the shlamis of his so we have to first come to this level of learning Torah that's connected to creation. And we do that as a preparation for the higher level of revelation, as it was given at Matan Torah. Torah that's actually higher than creation. the It's not just. It's not coming from what we do down here. the So then we're able to reach this level. It's not just because we've worked hard. but This is also the level as it is from above. In other words, it's not, in other words, when we say we have to work and we have to refine ourselves and we have to start within tara as related to the world so that we can reach Tara, that's higher than the world it's not just about us and that we have to really find but it's also this is also the order from the spiritual and godly perspective in other words they're saying to be the there what is the order that hashem put into this world how does the light that's higher than creation how is it able to come into creation there's also an order that hashem put in place what is that So what is that order? For this great light to come down, to the point that it can become united with creation, is It's not that suddenly you get this great revelation of light right here in this world. It comes from stages. First, there's just a ray of this light, a very limited, contracted part of this light. And it comes, it in things that are related to this world. And only afterwards, first we get this little contracted light, and then afterwards that contracted light, once it's here, that light gets revealed. And then the essence of the light is revealed. So too, this Torah, that's Higher than creation. So before Hashem gave us the Torah at Ma'antara, and of course the Torah we got was in a much, much higher level, incomparable to this world. So, first, in order for us to get this tremendous revelation of light at Ma'antara, we first had to have this ray of this or at least this limited contracted light of this light in this world. And that came through the work that our others did. A level of Torah that is related to this world. So once we had that ray revealed here, that gave the way that opened the path for this tremendously greater light to come at Mount it's the same thing for us in our vida after Mount Before we can have this revelation of the Torah of Hashem, that's completely higher than this creation and higher than this world as we know it, we first have to reveal this aspect of Hashem of the Torah that does have connection to this world. And once we reveal the light of Torah that is in creation, then we can then have a revelation of the light that's higher than Torah. Okay. And, and this follows also the order of how we learn Torah. One level of Torah comes, evolves from the other one pshat is the style shell from remez the pshat comes from remez remez from Jerusalem, and Jewish from saith so you have pshat remez Drush, and say, but really site the secret that's where it all begins and then that evolves into the jerush and that evolves into the and that evolves into the pshat okay so this is the way it all happens and you know when we think about in yana Gula, mashiach we think about the world that we live in today we understand that when the Rebbe talks about the times of Mashiach as having stages, and that the first stage, all the tarmids that we do in Gulas, we are refining the world. An idea that the Dr. Rebbe says in Shaiyachud Bamuna Hashem cannot reveal this tremendously highlighting the world today, because we wouldn't be able to see the world. But all the misses that we do within the world. And the light, the refinement of the world that is created by everything we do is preparing this world for this tremendously great light that's going to be completely above the world to be revealed. And that ultimately is that time, that stage of, where well, we say the second stage of Mashiach, that can also happen very quickly from stage one to stage two, where we see that Hashem, this tremendously high level of Hashem's essence is revealed in this world as a dear B'tachtan. And so all the work that we do now in learning Torah and doing mitzvahs using the world within the world, even though we don't see the revelation necessarily of godliness in a revealed way, we are drawing down this tremendously higher level. We are refining the world, ultimately to prepare it to be able to see the essence and how we and Hashem are really one. That is the, really the goal of everything that we're doing. So see if Tess, over even so, everything we said now, this order of learning, if we say okay, we'll learn and we'll initiate and we'll do our best and we'll start learning Torah, no matter what we learn, something that talks to us, something that we're drawn to. Okay, but that's still not going to be enough to draw down this Torah of Hashem that's actually higher than creation. We have to come through, and that's why the Torah tells us about with shrine. We actually have to go through some sort of a with shrine. What does that mean? is just like it was at first, as So just like we see in Kumish Braces in the beginning of Shmeis, that we had to have the of the others, and then we had to have Gulf Gals, shrine, and only then could we have Matantara? So too. We also had to have what we just said, the of the Avais. That I means starting with learning Tara, initiating it from ourselves, doing it the most that we can within our as related to the world to prepare for this higher level, but we also need to have some a goals with shrine. What does that mean? And, and what is the reason? We could say the reason is gedem is for the since the tar that Hashem gave him on Torah is completely, is totally higher than this creation. It's not enough that the creation, the person, reaches this And reaches his completeness because he becomes one with the Torah as he's learning it. Because we say that, okay, we're going to work and we're going to try to do our best, but at the end of the day, creation is completely separate. There's no, you can't say that they're relative to one another. Hashem is completely above creation. So, how do we connect the creator and creation? So therefore we see in order for there really to be this connection between Hashem, the Baira, the creator, and creation, there needs to be some sort of a change in creation. The full goldsmith shrine. This is represented by this, by what happens, the effect of a goldsmith It's only by going through goldsmith shrine that we get this revelation of Torah. What is that goldsmith shrine? What does that mean for us? The of the We talked about what was Gulf and and it says it clearly in the pos it was with bricks and mortar. It was the work in the field and was work of the Bahamfarrah. This work they did, this farh What does Bafarrah mean? So it says Zayar takes this possible and says, this is actually telling us something about learning Torah." What is it saying? Bechaymer ulvelvein, da When it says beheimer that says So, learning a kalvachaymer, that's when we learn Torah, when you learn the principle that something, if you have um, something that's lighter, something that's um, a smaller thing, and something that's much harsher, so you say if it applies to something light, certainly it applies to something harder. The word which are the bricks, we say the bricks are called because it's Comes through a white, um, kind of a, a fire, very very hot. But that idea of white represents, as I says, to live halacha. Live halacha is the clarifying, right? That's what white is. The clarifying halacha was, and so that's where it comes. How do we change this world? It comes about through this learning of Torah. And what is, what's avaydus parak b'cholus? What's parak? What does this mean? This hard work they made us do. So we know. That um, the Gemara says there that what is avidas parech? Avidas nashim la That when the men had to do women's work, that was avidas parach. In other words, avidas parech means doing something. The is tivai for adam. When we do avida, that is the opposite of our nature. That is goes makes us pushes us beyond our comfort zone and what we're used to. That's called avidas parech. So, when we do avodah, we give a hepar tivai, where the bit of his depth goes and it's filled with So it's only when we do the avodah, when we work really hard, we go against our nature, that's when we can have this nullification of our essence, of our ego, and this refinement of who we are. As in Ein the Skull of Avraham Tarsus Shalom Karish Baruch. And then, the revelation of the Torah of Hashem can be revealed within us. That's the level that's higher in the world. So it's not just that we have to work hard and reveal this level within the world, but we have to, there has to be a change. There has to be something, we have to push ourselves. It has to be an avayda that pushes us beyond our nature. And when we can do that, that's the avayda's parach of Gal's tribe. and then the avayda of the limut, and this pushing ourselves beyond our natural tendencies and what we want, in a similar way of saying Torah, first we start not for the sake of learning Torah, but for the sake of what, what we like, right, connected to us, what, what's, what's drawing us, what we want to learn. But then ultimately we go again to nature and we learn not only the things that we like, but we do what Hashem wants us to do. And that pushes, that's pushing us and that's allowing us to become that vessel for this much higher light. Your, Based on this, we can understand an interesting story of the Temahthetic, the third Chabad Rebbe. And the Tzedek is not given young When The was a young child. The Altarebbe called him in and said he wants to give him or teach him Tyra as a present. So he wants to give over some. Teachings, but as, as a president, we wouldn't have to work, the would just give it to him. <speaking in Hebrew> Did not want to accept this present from the Altareb. Tam, <speaking in Hebrew> and he escaped his reason, as Taravil and that he wants to take Tara, learn terror, with effort, with toil, <speaking in Hebrew> through his own personal toil, that's how he wants to study, He doesn't want a free ride, he doesn't want to get it for free. <speaking in Hebrew> a number of years later. Then "Obviously, the Temurcetik grew older and grew in his wisdom. the So, as when he got older, the Altunem mentioned the mentioned that he felt bad. It bothered him really that he didn't take off this offer from the Altunem because no matter how high and how lofty the Torah, the Rebbe, would have given him, well they're not't he still would have been able to toil in Torah. if not he would have been able to toil and reach even higher levels. So because because is God's wisdom, it's infinite. So even had the Alab Rebbe given him a very lofty Torah as a present, he could have still toiled, toiled in Torah to reach even loftier levels. So this is a story of the Tzema The Rebbe says I can we, do a friend? we can ask. Me'ikra ma'ik-savar ma'ik-savar. What was the Tzema thinking at the beginning, like when he didn't want to accept this? What was he thinking at the end when he said that he, he regrets not doing this? he's a a from Torah matana, Because it's difficult to say that, that since he was at that level where the Alto Rebbe wanted to give him these very lofty concepts of Torah as a present. <laughs> it's very difficult to say that if he was on such a high level that the author was willing to give this to him, that certainly he was at the level he would have understood the simple concept that he said later on that he could take it and still toil. <laughs> he, was, he was great. He had a great, tremendous knowledge of Torah. Otherwise, the Rebbe would not have offered him this present. So what was he thinking when he refused? And what does it mean that later on he said, "Oh, I could have, I could have told even more." He surely would have known that at the time that he refused this offer. But what the Heshalim would disparage them, could say, what does it mean? As does is niken en kach harato avzayn fridif and nivel nemdi inyanet from tarvum matana. It's not that the altar that the tzaddik actually regretted the fact that he didn't take. And learn from the al in this way of a present. Just that at that time, when the al wanted to give him, to teach him zinyanim, how to filled as felt not the for in He felt that he wasn't the right vessel at that time. He hadn't yet worked hard enough in Tara to be able to be the proper vessel for this present. He didn't feel he had done the proper work to be able to accept this offer. And therefore, he felt at that time when the Alt-Rebel offered it to him, he didn't feel that he had toiled enough to that point that he was the appropriate vessel to be able to accept or receive this tremendous level of of terror that the Alt-Rebel wanted to give him. But not them, by means, of a given, but then afterwards, once he had toiled harder and he now felt that he had, but then felt that he's a clue, So a number of years later, when he had worked over all those years in learning Torah, and he felt that he was now an appropriate vessel for this teaching. As now he felt that he was the appropriate vessel to be able to have that revelation of Torah that's actually higher than what he's able to do. So, when we say, you know, the idea of your Gaitum we must toil and then we refine. What do we find? And this is the basic concept of that Pasuk. And when we toil in tara, we are rewarded by a level that's even higher than what we could achieve on our own. But it has to start with our igiya. We have to do our part. And once we do our part, we then become the appropriate vessel for something much higher. So, we could say that this hakdama, this preparation, of this Avida, this toil of Torah. That's an example of how Goldsmith Shrine was of Mount So, too, the Avida that we do in learning is the preparation for Mount Torah. And I, I'd like to extend this then to our time, too. This is exactly what the Rebbe said in the Sikhs in the over time, especially in the later years of Nur and Bayes, that everything that we're doing in this world, we have to recognize that whatever we do, we are. Refining this world, and we are working so hard to come to that level where we can see that revelation. That revelation, that whose potential began at Mount Taira, is all working toward that ultimate um, revelation that will come when Mashiach is here, when Atmos, when this essence of Hakadosh Baruch the potential for this revelation began at Mount Torah, but it's still hidden in this world, we don't see it clearly. And everything that we do, every single bit of Torah that we're learning, particularly when we learn in Yaniko Mashiach, and every mitzvah that we do is refining this world. And especially when we learn things that are not necessarily we have to push ourselves to learn, so we push ourselves to make the time to learn Torah to push ourselves beyond what we would desire to do an extra mitzvah that's beyond what we would normally do. When we do that, we are refining ourselves and this world to be able to be able to greet the and to be able to see that aspects, that essence of Hashem revealed. May that be immediately now. Amen. Thank you very much.